Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning. Did you guys have a great Thanksgiving? Wow, awesome. Uh, I'm waiting for our worship leader to come up on stage because we were supposed to launch right into worship. Uh, So if somebody wants to grab the remainder of our team, that's great. Uh, We'll get service going. You know, sometimes people are just so excited to be in church and to hang out with people. They just can't turn it off uh, for service time. But we are really excited that you're here today. Uh, If you're a guest with us, welcome to Hillside. We're glad that you're here. Uh, It's great to have Summer with us, recovering from uh, gallbladder surgery. So uh, no turkey for you, my dear. Uh, But we're glad that you're here in church this morning. Uh, God's got something great for each and every one of us. I've got some announcements to make, but you know what? I think we want to start service off with a worship song, and then we are going to transition. Today's going to be really different. And I know... We say that almost every Sunday, because it is, Uh, but it will be a little different service today. We're going to give it a little different direction here in just a little bit, but if you can, would you stand to your feet? We want to worship the Lord this morning. Today, we want to reflect upon the promises of God, the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, and to give thanks to Him. For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Amen. One more hookup. I was out in the foyer visiting with some dear friends. Great to have Dustin Dykey here today with his family, Pastor Dustin, and the Dykey family. Faithful through the ages God of Abraham You're the God of covenant Of faithful promises Time and time again You have proven You do just what you said Though the storms may come And the winds may Pass away, 
Your work remains the same. Yeah, your history can prove there's nothing you can do. You're faithful and true. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I remain steadfast and let my heart last. Promise to me from the rising sun to the setting same, I will praise your name. put my faith in Jesus. I put my faith in Jesus. My anchor to the ground. My hope and firm foundation. He'll never let me down. I put, I put my faith in Jesus. My faithfulness of God. today. Do you believe God is faithful to you? From the rising. From the rising sun to the setting same, I will praise your name. Great is your faithfulness. Let's sing that again quietly. Great is. morning I believe you have something special for us I just really do I believe that with all of my heart that you're wanting to speak to us and Lord we pray for those who are traveling back 
uh, home after spending the holidays with friends and family, that you would give them safe travels today uh, as they return home. Lord, we pray, God, for those this morning with heavy hearts in this place. For some, it's been difficult the last few days. And Lord, I believe you're here to do heart surgery and to show your faithfulness to your people. Lord, I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt your word can be trusted. And today we're going to find the answers that we're looking for in your word. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. Like I said, today's going to be a little different. A couple quick, a whole, and we've got some off again. Uh, on Friday, December 2nd, we have the Christmas parade that's at 6.30 p.m. Uh, downstairs, or downstairs, downtown. If you come downstairs, you could do your own parade, uh, but that'll be downtown. Uh, I'll have more information in an email that I'll send out to the church because I just got an email yesterday confirming things. Uh, but if you're going to be in the parade, 5.30 uh, downtown, we start lining up. Uh, parade will be at 6.30. We're going to have a great time. I'm really looking forward to that. And then the following night on Saturday, December 3rd, we've got Living Windows uh, at 5.30 p.m. If you're a part of that, uh, both of those events, please see Jackie at the end of service today. We want to get you your costumes, all that kind of stuff. We've got a schedule uh, for the Living Windows. I think we might have to make a few changes to that, uh, but it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and actors, if you can show up at uh, the first round of actors for Living Windows, if you can be down, down at Christina's at 5 p.m., that would be fantastic. Also, there's a great opportunity for bell ringing. We've got sign-up sheet in the foyer, uh, and that uh, takes place on December 15th at Webster's from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. We've got 90-minute uh, slots available. If you would be interested in serving in that capacity, by all means do that. There's a lot of other information. I'm not going to take the time this morning to do that. Uh, you have that in your bulletin. We're going to dismiss the kids early today from church because they're working on the Christmas pageant, Christmas presentation for us just a few weeks away. There they all are. So if you are a kid and you have not headed that way, head that way with them because uh, they're going to practice downstairs today as they get ready to celebrate with us on December 11th uh, for their service. So I think we're ready for church this morning. Are you ready? I don't know about you, but sometimes you just need God, you know? And I feel like this morning, we just really need Jesus. We need him. Uh, let's start off this morning uh, by showing this video. It's in my message. Seriously? No! 
1278. All right, let me get you. Uh, <laughs> no, buddy. No, no, buddy. No, no, buddy. Hey, honey, are you taking things for granted again? Yeah, I guess so. All right, well, is there anything you can do about that? Because we really need to do some laundry. Laura, will you please give me a more grateful heart? Honey! My car! Okay. This morning, we want to talk about thankfulness. Um, outside of love and faithfulness, thankfulness is probably try to by life. There's so many things that swallow up thankfulness. Loss and pain, suffering, selfishness, busyness our own thoughts and ideas, and there's just so much that can overwhelm it. And it's hard. And for some of you, it, we went through Thanksgiving, and it was a hard season because of loss in your life. It was difficult because of experiences that you've had in the past. Or maybe you got bad news this week. I know for some here, it's been a tough couple of days. Got news yesterday morning. Uh, a relative of, of many in our church and a friend to many more, Dan Gitzel, was out hunting and uh, suffered a heart attack and passed away. Um, when I got that phone call yesterday, I, I, I thought I had heard, heard the news wrong. Dan and I were, were good friends and, and even better friends to some of you here. Um, hard news to take. Last night, I got a phone call. Michelle Malarney suffered her 10th stroke. Um, been with her this morning. Very difficult, very challenging. So let's just be real. How do we get, how do we be thankful? Because I mean, if I would have asked you at the beginning of service, and I realize this is a very different tone than I'm normally preaching, but it's going somewhere, and I think that God's going to do some heart surgery on us today. If I would have polled you at the beginning and said, oh man, who's thankful? We all would have raised our hand because we all want to be thankful. But sometimes it's very difficult to be thankful in the midst of hurt and pain, in the midst of loss. It, it's hard to have a good perspective on that. And so I think what the Lord wants to do today, and I, I just believe God's word is always on time. I just, I'm a firm believer of that. And as I was putting this message together this week, um, I thought, man, this is a very different style of message for me. Um, and now, having lived out the last couple of days, I just believe this is the word that God had planned before any of this stuff happened. So if you're heavy-hearted this morning, if you're dealing with a heavy heart, you're like, I just don't know how to be thankful. I think this message this morning will speak to you, uh, but allow God to just speak through you. Is that okay? Just to, to let the word soak in this morning. Let's pray one more time. Lord, I thank you that we can trust in your word. Lord, when we cannot trust in ourselves. I thank you that we can trust that you have our best intentions in store for us, even when we can't see that with our own eyes. Lord, I know that your timing is perfect, and that God, your desire for us is to have a thankful heart, 
and Lord, to travel light. There's so much stuff, so many burdens we carry. And Lord, like you talked to us last week, the importance of letting things go. Lord, this morning, I believe we're going to need to let some things go. But Lord, that doesn't mean that we need to forget. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. For our scripture today, we're going to turn to Numbers chapter 11, because this is what you could call learning to be thankful chapter in the Bible. <laughs> uh, we're going to see a couple of individuals and a group of people and God and the interaction there in between. We're looking at Moses, the people of Israel, as they have now left Egypt and slavery. It's supposed to be behind them, but I'm telling you, I think there was some things the people of God were in slavery in their own hearts more than they were to the Egyptians. And there was some sin that had to be dealt with, and we're going to look at that together today. So let's take a look at the complaining heart of the Israelites. We're going to Numbers chapter 11, 1 through 3. I don't have scriptures on the screens for you today, and I apologize for that. So you've got to go old school uh, and pull your Bibles out on your phones or if you brought them with you. But Numbers chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Now when the people complained... Uh, it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it, and his anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed. This prayed to the Lord, the fire of the Lord had burned. God's people were not actually going to God and trying to resolve the issue. They were complaining, but they weren't, they weren't even complaining to God. They were just complaining amongst themselves. And the reason that God comes with such a harsh response that he sends this fire, is because I believe if he hadn't, the two people of Israel would have never made it out of the desert and into the promised land. They would have eaten themselves up internally with grumbling and complaining. So God was quick to respond. When you look at the people and, and they were complaining, where, were, where was Israel at? Israel had been ordered, organized, cleansed, separated, blessed, taught how to give, reminded of God's deliverance, given God's uh, presence and the tools to advance to the promised land. And now on their march to Canaan, and Im immediately the people's first reaction to all this is, we're going to complain. <laughs> After everything God had done. How can it be that a nation so blessed can still complain? That question would be great to ask today <laughs> of our nation. How can it be that a nation so blessed can still complain? God had done so much in and for Israel, yet they still had this murmur against him and their circumstances and life in general. Their circumstances weren't easy. But what sin is, is, is for them, is, is complaining against where God has them. It wiped out the spirit of gratitude in their hearts. And can I tell you, complaining will absolutely wipe out your gratitude. So quick. When the people complained, it displeased the Lord. This was a simple case of cause and effect. Our complaining hearts displease God. We should take that to note. Because it shows so little gratitude for who He is, what He has done in our past, His faithfulness, and what He continues to do right now excuse me, right now in our life. We aren't even told exactly what Israel was complaining about. Perhaps here it's because their complaining is just that general, dissatisfied, grumbling heart. And we've all been there. 
Not complaining for any one great reason, but because that was just the condition of their heart. And is our heart there today? Do we just have a complaining heart? And maybe it's time to nip that in the bud because that's hindering you from moving forward for what God has for you. The fire of the Lord burned among them. Israel had valued the fire of God. It was the emblem of his presence by night. But now the fire and the presence of God becomes a two-edged sword. The presence of God was there to deal with sin as well as comfort Israel. And can I tell you something? The presence of God not only comes to comfort those who are going through the mess of life, but it also comes to deal with our sin. And you know what? I'm just going to let you in on a secret. Every one of us here, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. We all fall short. We all have times where we, we're trying hard to do what, what was right and what's righteous and what God wants and his will, but then there's this battle with the flesh. And can I tell you sometimes, the flesh sometimes wins. Hey, listen, that, that doesn't sound very spiritual, Pastor, but it's true. But thank goodness we have a God that stays in the muck and mire with us. And that when we do fall and when we do fail, his grace is there to restore us, to pick us up and to carry us forward. And when we are too tired, too exhausted to put another foot forward, the presence of God will carry you the mile that you need to be carried to get the wind back in your sails. Thank goodness for a God who's faithful. Cried out to Moses, you need to talk we go to. Here is God, and he's trying to deal with the people. Instead of the people turning their hearts to God and going, Lord, we got to have a conversation. They're like, let's run to Moses. Let's run to the pastor. Pastor, I'm having all these issues. And you know what good pastors do? You should probably talk to God about those things. Because we can't fix it. And we'll run to all sorts of people. We'll run to our friends, and we'll, we'll run to our neighbors, and we'll, we'll run to all these people. And what we love to do is when there's a problem in our life and there's conflict, when there's conflict, we love to get people on our side. Come defend me. Tell me, justify my belief. Justify what my feelings are. Justify me. And instead, what we ought to be doing is going to God, saying, Lord, what's the real issue? Not with someone else. What's the issue with me? Because if this is dealt with, all this stuff out here, it's really not that difficult. This is the hardest thing to work on. It's the most difficult thing. We need to not just really, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have friends and we shouldn't have people that we can go to and pray for us. We absolutely do. But they cannot take the place of a relationship with Jesus Christ. That has to be priority number one. Now you would think after this, Moses calls this place uh, basically uh, the burning of a complaining heart. You know, they have had this heart-to-heart -heart with God. God has said, hey, no, no, this complaining, this stuff, it can't go on. It's going to kill you. You think that Israel would have got it. But just like us, Israel suffers from the same problem, short-term memory loss. And uh, they're like, the next very next thing in this passage is like, hey, we're going to complain again. So let's take a look at that and pull some, some stuff apart from this that we can take away for our own lives. Number, number 11, the Numbers 11, verses 4 through 9. Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense cravings. 
So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. I hope they were not eating that all together because that sounds absolutely horrible in one recipe. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. Now the manna was like coriander seed, and its color was the color uh, of, of dillium. The people went about and gathered it, ground it on millstones, and beat it into, in the mortar, cooked it in a pan, and made cakes of it. And it tasted like the taste of pastry prepared with oil. And when the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna fell on it. God's Krispy Kreme donuts. That's what manna was. I mean, look, it tasted like pan-fried pastry that was made in oil. What does that sound like? A donut. God goes, look, this is how good God is. If God said to you, listen, I'm going to make donuts so that you only get healthy calories. There are no bad things in it. It's going to give you everything that you need. I would say, I would stop complaining. That sounds amazing. But they had had this and had this and had this, and now they were complaining. So let's break this this passage apart. First, it talks about a mixed multitude who were among them. Exodus, uh, Exodus 12, 38 says that a mixed multitude went out of Egypt. This means that not all who left Egypt that came out with Moses were ethnically Israelites. Many Egyptians and perhaps other foreigners went with them because they were fellow slaves in Egypt and because God, the God of Israel, had shown himself more powerful than the gods of the Egyptians. Since also it had a genuine, real relationship. Everybody that walks through the doors of the church has a deep, authentic, real relationship with Jesus. And so we have to be in the midst of this challenge. The church is meant to be multicultural. We're all not meant to look the same. We're meant to be different ages. We're meant to come from different backgrounds. We're meant to look different. I I want our church to be multicultural, multicolorful, because that's the way the kingdom of God is meant to be. But along with that, comes challenges we have to walk through and figure out together. And some of those are difficult, and that's where Moses was. This is a difficult thing because we've got a mixed multitude, not only with the the physical, uh, emotional, relational, but now also spiritual. Everybody's at a different place in their spiritual journey, and we're trying to bring everybody together. So that's challenging. And then you see the the fact that the scripture says they yield to intense cravings. The Hebrew word here is tavah. It also is used uh, in passages like Genesis 3, uh, 1 Samuel 2, Job 33, 20. And it means for a strong desire for something pleasant, but perhaps sinful, but not always. So basically, what what the scripture is saying, they had this craving for something, 
this deep craving for something in their life that they longed to experience because of the pleasure it would bring, but it wasn't necessarily beneficial to them. And that's where they were. Israel had yielded to this intense craving. It would not be fulfilled unless they cooperated with it. That's what James 1.14 says. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away from his own desires and enticed the attraction of sin. Attraction to the, uh, there is an attraction to sin. The fact is, is that we all have intense cravings in life. Not all those cravings are beneficial for us. And I'm not saying that you should never have cravings because you and I are human. We are going to have cravings. The key is to not let the cravings control your life. We control our cravings. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit with one of the fruits, self-control. And it is to put those cravings in its place. Some of the cravings we have aren't necessarily bad but they're for a specific time and they're for a specific thing and they're meant, they're meant to be, be taken care of in a specific way. I, I like fire pits. Anybody like fire pits? This fall, I mean, that's just, I, I love that. You know what? Fire's not a bad thing. But you can have a fire in a fire pit and it's great. It's contained. It's in the right place. But you know what? I'm not going to go light my patio on fire because I like fire. Because <laughs> you know what? The whole house burns down. And I think for some of us, we have cravings in our life that aren't necessarily bad, but they got to be fulfilled the right way. Let's just talk about the, maybe one of the natural ones. is, is uh, for, for those who, who, who have a craving for some type of sexual desire, right? That's not a bad thing, but it's meant to be confined in the fire pit of marriage, right? It can be a great, amazing, awesome thing, but you light your patio on fire and your house is going to burn down, right? And so we've got we've our cravings have a place to be in. The Israelites, they let their cravings just ritual house. Let's meet to eat. This was met every need that they had up to the considering they had a God in heaven who had met every need that they had up to this point. It seems that Israel looked for another provider because they are not satisfied with what is coming to them from the hand of God. And so they're distraught. It says they wept. They wept. Tears of repentance or sorrow over sin or joy in the Lord can be a beautiful thing before God. But many tears shed, even by believers today, are shed over childish disappointments. Man, that's a tough place to be in. Israel could have provided meat for themselves. God didn't prohibit them to hunt whatever animals they, they could in the wilderness. Now I realize that there is a giant, massive group of people I think that would be kind of like our hunters. I've heard a lot of stories from hunters this week. Uh, it's not been a great season for hunting. Uh, so more hunters than there were deer, apparently, at least seeable deer. So I, there probably wasn't enough animals, but they could have done something. Their greatest problem was not the fact that they didn't have meat. It was the fact that 
They just wanted it handed to them on a silver platter. Who will give us this meat? Can I tell you some of the blessings of God that are out there are there for us to go get and grab, to go take hold of and possession of. When the people of Israel got to the promised land, it's not like they were like, you know what? We're just going to sit here on the border. Somebody just wheel us in. No, they had to march in. They had to take the land. There were battles there to be fought. Some of the greatest blessings God has for you requires some action on your part to take hold of and to possess in your life. God has empowered you to walk in his ways. And then look at what they remember, the people of Israel. They describe their life in Egypt, and it, it, it's not like, oh man, remember how bad it was when we were in slavery, and they were whipping us, and they didn't give us the resources that we needed to do the job that they asked us to do. None of that comes up. None of that comes up. See, I think sometimes we have selective memory. We often think that our memory is some mechanical uh, photographing process which impartially records the facts and then uh, impartially retrieves those records for us. But it isn't like that all, all the time. Memory, both in recording and in retrieving, is a creative process, and memories can be created of events that never really happened the way that we think they happened. And that's where they were. It's called false memory syndrome, where sometimes we remember things from our childhood that actually never took place or happened. Our memories can lie to us. Memories often romanticize the past. And here they were, and they were, they were looking at this, and they were romanticizing their past when they were slaves to Egypt. Oh, remember the cucumbers and the garlic? Remember the great food? But they couldn't remember that they were getting beat and whipped. Church, I think sometimes we look at our past and we go, oh, remember the good times? They weren't as good as we remember. <laughs> you can look back at your life before Christ sometimes and go, man, remember the good times. But we have selective memory. Because before Christ, we were in a life of loneliness. Before Christ, we had no hope. We were condemned. The fact that for us to be thankful, when God says your mission, you say, well done, good and faithful servant. And that's, that's enough for us to be thankful. That's enough. How do we be thankful in the midst of hard times? It's a choice. It's a choice. Danny Gitzel was my friend. It's not fair that he's taking. It's a loss. And I know that some of you are hurting today. Can't imagine. Like it just doesn't even seem real. But for some reason, God said, it's time for my faithful servant to come home. And in the midst of our sorrow, which look, we have to walk through the process of sorrow. We just do. We have to walk through that process. But I want to tell you, in the midst of our sorrow, there also should be some thankfulness 
Because I know this, my friend Dan Gitzel knew Jesus. And when he was walking through that field, he was not alone. And the presence of God was with him. And when his eyes opened on the other side of eternity, there was Jesus. And that is reason enough for me to be thankful this morning. Yes, there is pain. Yes, there is sorrow. Sometimes we've got to let go, but it does not mean we have to forget. Saw Michelle Malarney three times this this week. An amazing woman of God. She is the toughest woman I have ever met in my life. I have never left her presence and not felt that she has been a bigger blessing to me than I am to her. She is the sheep that pastors dream about shepherding. For weeks we have prayed. Her one desire is that she could walk one more time. She's been bound to a wheelchair for quite a long time. On Tuesday this week, she got up out of her wheelchair and walked down the hallway to lunch. And we celebrated that on Wednesday when we saw each other. She said the perspective was different. She said, I'm not that tall of a woman but I felt like I had climbed a mountain as I walked down the hallway with the nurse beside me. She said as she entered into the kitchen area that the cook came out and said, Michelle, I've never seen you walking. It's amazing. And we celebrated on Wednesday. And then I got that phone call that she'd had another stroke. I had asked, I'd been asked if I would go see her, and they said, we're not quite sure how bad the stroke has been, but we would appreciate, and she would appreciate if you came. She had no idea. No one had communicated that to her. I said, I will be there in the morning. I communicated with our leaders, and it's great to have Dustin here, and I called him, and I said, I don't know what I will find when I walk into a room. And if I feel like these are the last moments, I will not leave because that is the place I need to be as a shepherd. And uh, Dustin had graciously said he would pulpit fill for me this morning if that needed to be the case. It wasn't. As I sat with Michelle today, thinking to myself, I'm puzzling my own thoughts, knowing that this is the message that a few weeks ago, my dad such a high chance of memory loss and mobility and personality change with the surgery. He's in the hospital for less than three days and speaking at his church the next Sunday. I mean, I know God can do great things. I've seen it. And how do you wrestle with the fact that you see God do great things and then you walk into that? I'm just going to be honest with you, it's, it's tough. And it requires some wrestling. 
Because I think if you just hang it up and just go, well, my faith is just going to get me through, and you just hang it up and you don't deal with the wrestling, it eats away and it erodes your faith. The fact is, is I know my Savior, and I know His Word, and I know there's power, and it's worth the wrestling in my heart to figure it out. I can tell you this, even in the midst of all that hurt, 10 strokes, I can't imagine, 10 strokes, she still loves Jesus. As I waited outside of her room for her and her nurses to get her dressed, and she did not know I was waiting, I overheard the conversation from the employees. We love you so much, Michelle. We love you so much. And I realized the suffering is not about her. The suffering is the tool God is using to show His grace, love, and mercy to those who she's doing life with. As hard as it is, she still calls upon the name of her Savior. And He is faithful. And he is faithful. You know who she talked about this morning? It wasn't my dog. Because if you know Michelle, she loves my dog. She's like has partial ownership. It was Mr. Jairo Granados who visited her on Thanksgiving. And she talked about you and your, and your wife Lisa and your kids. And how grateful she is for you. And I just want to tell you, Jairo for being obedient to the Holy Spirit, to be in the right place at the right time on a day where you could have just said, I'm not doing this. I'm going to just hang out with my family. You took time out, and it made such an impact. Church, be thankful. God has put you where he has put you for such a time as this. For such a time as this, it's easy to look at the news and to get all mad. And boy, I'm not even going to open the can of worms about politics, because you start getting open in that worm, and boy, that, that can, and that's, that's, yeesh, it's tough. The state of our nation and the state of people's hearts, it's hard to look at. But sin has always been sin. But before sin ever came around, there was a Savior. And there was a redemption plan. When man screwed it all up, God said, I'm going to make it good again. That's enough for us to be thankful in difficult seasons. Our country has dynamically shifted the last few years in great ways. But God still sits on the throne. He didn't call us to stick our head in the sand and just wait. And He didn't call us to go up His name we are called to do. Of Israel had forgotten the works of their mighty king. They did not wait for His counsel. Instead, they lustingly went after the cravings of their heart. 
this morning you've got a choice. You can walk out of this place and you can let God turn your heart to one that is thankful. Or you can let the cravings overwhelm you. I love this quote. When we allow ungodly cravings to rule our lives, God may send what we crave. And that's exactly what he did. He eventually said, if you guys want meat, I'm going to give you so much meat, it's going to come out your nostrils. It's in the Bible, it says that. It's going to come out your nostrils. And let me tell you, the people of Israel were not, were not crying out for meat anymore. <laughs> God, God gave them what they wanted, and God will eventually give you the cravings of your heart if that's what you, if you, it's what you go after. He still loves you. I'll give it to you. But when God may send what we crave, there is a leanness to our soul. Better to have a fat soul and be deprived of those cravings. I want to be full of what God has for me. Even when life is lean, I can have a fat soul in the kingdom because God is faithful. And because he's faithful, that's reason enough for me to be thankful. This morning I'd like to do something. I don't often do this. We are not a perfect church. And I just, newsflash, we're never going to be a perfect church. <laughs> we're never going to be perfect. But you know what we've decided to do? We've decided to continue to be better. To work on the things that God puts before us. To work the issues. To deal with the hard stuff. To do the hard things. To do the challenging things. It's not always pretty. It doesn't always have a bow on it. But man, we are the church. And we're the church God is calling us to be. I'd like to open up the mic for just a few moments this morning. If there are a few people that would just like to share why they're thankful. Why they're thankful for, for our church. Why they're thankful for the things God is doing in the season. Um, I'm going to say, keep it short. We've already had a sermon. <laughs> All right, um, so 60 seconds or less, all right? I'm not afraid to pull the microphone if I need to. I'm just going to tell you. Um, but if there is just a few people that would like to come and share this morning, and just to say, I'm thankful. I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful that he gave us this church. Would you come and share this morning? Is there anybody here that would be willing to do that? And I'll run the mic around if I need to, but... I'm thankful for many things, but <clears throat> um, you, church, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, is one of the one of those uh, reasons why I'm thankful. Uh, people who have invested so much in my family. Um, I don't want to say any names because I would exclude people, but um, some of the greatest friendships I've had here as a foreigner not not anymore a foreigner, but you know what I mean. Uh, people have embraced me and my family in this church and have, have helped us grow uh, spiritually. Uh, so thank you for your, your contributions to, to myself and my family. We love you. Thank you, Myra. Somebody else this morning.
I knew I almost called you out because I'm your pastor. <laughs> kind of the backstory because I'm God. I'm just saying, but um, I'm thankful for God. I'm just thankful that he hasn't given up on me yet. <laughs> and so thankful that he led me here, first to Riffin, and then here to all of you. And I'm thankful that I can count on him to hold me tight and walk with me through anything that's going to happen. And we're thankful for you, Wendy. <laughs> Rebecca? I'm thankful for all the physical and spiritual, emotional overcomings I've had in life and that I feel that I've been given the calling to be an encourager, motivator, uplifter to the incompetent to become competent and the disabled to become enabled. Well, we're thankful for you and your husband. Anybody else? Right. We've got a couple more. All right, you might want to pull this away from me. Okay. Listen, <laughs> the clock's on, brother. I'll take it after 60 seconds. My uh, old pastor said the only thing that would shut me up is by putting a mic in my phone. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know what I mean. Uh, this is my wife, Dawn, and I'm Sean. We moved up here about uh, a year ago, a little over a year ago, and uh, God never gave up on me. I just want to share that uh, I'm thankful for him listening to my prayers and uh, answering my prayers and talking to me. Uh, my old pastor asked me some years ago, Does God, uh, doesn't God talk to you? And I go, well, sometimes. Well, he's decided to work on that, and uh, it's years and years later. And, and uh, he talks to me uh, sometimes more than I want him to. He corrects me, and he loves me, and he answers my prayers, and he never leaves me. God is faithful. So uh, if that's any kind of support and encouragement, uh, take it home with you because that's, he does that for every one of us. Thank you, Pastor, for being you. And Thank you for being you. Thank you for being my friend. Absolutely. I feel like I'm on one of those TV shows you watched on TVs from like the 90s, 80s and 90s. Run around. Nobody start fighting each other in church, okay? Before I knew any of you, before I saw any of you, you all prayed for me and prayed. And I thank you. I'm grateful and I'm thankful to all of you because I know that's what did it, because there's no other reason. And I am so thankful for life. You're going to make me cry. I know it. <laughs> uh, well, there's so many things to be thankful, but one of the things I'm very thankful for this church is, um, um, I don't know, I'm so thankful as you guys know, six years ago I got burned. Where my my brother Juan, he he's no longer with us. But um, yeah, so 
So just playing around, you know, God's grace. I don't know. I'm so thankful for you guys that you guys um, help out my family through that season, you know, even though I, I don't know. I'm just so thankful for you guys. Uh, so many people, some of you guys came to visit me to the hospital in Milwaukee. I remember Rebecca even showed up, guys. Even they're like, hey, that's on you. Having those conversations in the hospital, that helped me big time. I'm telling you, I'm very thankful for you and, and the whole church. Thank you, guys. I remember that night, Luis, and, uh, and when, we, uh, when I went in there, I remember talking to you, you were in shock. And he said, I'm just telling them I need some aloe vera and I can go home. And I was like, brother, I'm like, you do not need aloe vera right now and, and you aren't going home for a while. <laughs> but how, how faithful he was and to watch him restore you. And man, God's goodness. God's goodness. Christine. You know, we are very grateful for a pastor who shepherds his people. Never in my 40 years of going to church have I ever had a pastor reach out to me? I mean, he called me down in Milwaukee when I was, when my mom was in the hospital. He texts. He just, he, I'm so grateful for you, Pastor. I'm grateful for my church family. And listen, I'm, I'm human. Um, we're not supermen, we're pastors don't always have the words to say. But when my words fail, I want you to know I still pray for you. And I love you. And the toughest thing for me is when I watch my people hurting, because I grieve for you. But I'm also so very grateful that I have a Lord and King who comforts and restores. And I have seen his faithfulness to you in my time as your shepherd. Church, would you stand to your feet? Worship team, would you come back? Guys, we're just going to do two, two songs, Mike, whichever two that you choose. We'll end today with that. I want to just say, again, I know I've said this a lot lately, but so thankful to be, be with you and to do life with you. So grateful. Life is hard, and sometimes we just don't have answers. For those of you who's been a tough season, you've had loss in your life, maybe you've lost someone, a parent, a child, uh, a spouse this season, I just want to let you know you are not alone. You're not alone. Michelle was sharing with me today. She said, uh, it's hard for me. I, it, when I first walked in, she goes, I know, I know who you are. And it took her a little while, and then she said, you're Eric, and you're my pastor. And I said, yeah. And then, then I said, uh, and you know, you know my dog? And she goes, Skipper, really quick. I was like, well, I'm glad that you can keep the right, the more important things at the front of your mind. And we laughed about it. And she said, it's hard when you feel like you're forgetting things. And I looked at her and I said, Michelle, you may forget who we are. We won't forget who you are. And I said, even if we did, Jesus will never forget. And she raised her hands. She said, I know, I know. Jesus will never forget you. He knows your heart. Whatever you're going through this morning, he is right there with you. 
If you've got a heavy heart this morning, I want to pray for you. That maybe when you leave this place today, you'd be traveling a little lighter. And you'd be able to let go of some of those things and just let Jesus carry the weight. And you could just walk in freedom for a while. So let's do that. Lord, I love your church. Love your church. And I know that you love these people. God, I pray for those who are carrying burdens this morning of loss, of pain, or suffering. You are still faithful, right? Lord, that restoration take place on this side of eternity. And sometimes that restoration and healing doesn't come to the other side. But your word promises it will come to pass. Lord, we pray for the Gitzel family this morning and the loss of a great man to us. But what we have lost, heaven has gained. And Lord, I know that Danny is enjoying being in your presence. Lord, comfort his family. Do amazing miracles in that family. Lord, I pray as they go through the mourning process, that, Lord, there would not become bitterness in their heart, but, Lord, there would be joy of remembering the incredible times that happened. What a great dad he was. What a great friend. What a great believer in Christ and example to us he was. We thank you for that. Lord, we pray for Michelle this morning. What an incredible woman of God who has suffered so much, but whose testimony is so strong. Lord, as we suffer, may we remember that, Lord, there was a woman in our life that showed us the way of how to live for Christ, how to be an example, how to live in grace. Lord, we pray a blessing over her and her caretakers today. May your anointing be on her. Lord, would you heal our hearts, and as we leave this place today, God, would you help us to travel lighter? to just travel lighter. Lord, as we close, may we just take a few moments to worship together as a family one more time before we move on with our weekend. And Lord, we pray for awesome opportunities this next weekend in our community as we serve, Lord, out in the the community with the parade and living windows and rubbing shoulders, doing life with our community. Lord, I believe there will be great opportunities for us to build relationship, to connect with people, and to show our Savior's great love and compassion. Lord, put your blessing on us as a church, not for our own selfish reasons, but that, Lord, we may do your will and we may do it well. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. Amen. Mike, would you lead us in two songs, and then would you pray over the offering and dismiss us today? And uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's have the ladies sing us and give thanks. Give thanks with a great